summer is here. It's mid-July, so we're right in the middle of what we would normally refer to as the summer season, at least here in the northern hemisphere. But there's lots of different jobs we can still be doing from maintaining our harvest through the summer, but also planning ahead into the winter. Hello and welcome to the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I'm Carl from selfsufficienthub.com and I'm here to talk about all things self-sufficiency. Sustainability and food security matters. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 72 of the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I hope you're all safe and well. We are deep into summer now. It doesn't feel like it some days. We've had really changeable weather where I live. It's been very, very hot and dry some days. It's also been fairly cool and damp others. But however you slice it, we only need to look at the calendar and we know that we are definitely in summer. So in summer, I switch my focus really between two things. One is just maintaining what we've already got going on in the summer, talking about plants here. So we need to manage our water quite well in the summer to make sure that we get the most we can from our crops. We've got a lot of things growing, so there's a lot of things that need our care and attention. And there's also harvesting to do and staying on top of all the things that are really going really well now and growing quite strongly. But there's also lots of other little jobs that we can do to make sure that we are able to harvest for longer and that we're continuing our perpetual cycle of produce and growth going right into the winter. So I want to start by talking about water. Now, obviously, we are going to be watering our plants if we've not had any rain for a little while. We're also going to be particularly focusing on things like the plants in our greenhouse or our polytunnel where they're not going to be receiving the rain and also anything we've got in pots. It's really important in the summer to keep an eye on our pot plants and anything we're growing in raised beds because they're going to dry out much much quicker than those in the ground. It's really easy to damage plants that are pot grown if we're not maintaining their moisture levels in the soil so make sure that you keep an eye on that and the same applies really in your greenhouse and your polytunnel although to a lesser extent if they're planted in the ground some plants are thirstier than others so you want to prioritize certain plants so things like tomatoes and cucumbers are very very thirsty plants but they're also something that a lot of people tend to make a mistake with particularly tomatoes by watering too often what you need to try and think about is you want your tomatoes to develop a lovely deep thick root system i'm talking particularly if they're planted into the soil so rather than watering them every day you might want to water them every two or three days but water them for longer what we're trying to do is encourage their roots to 
take up a nice amount of depth within the soil because then they're going to have access to more and more nutrients and just be stronger, more vigorous plants. And that's what we want. So this is something to bear in mind and take on board right from the, the time you plant them out right the way through the season. So when we're watering things like tomatoes, they are susceptible to damaged leaves through too much humidity, particularly if we're growing them in enclosed spaces like greenhouses or polytunnels. So when you're watering them, you should take extra care really to make sure that you're watering around the base of the plants rather than sprinkling water on from a height and getting all the leaves wet because you're going to encourage those molds and funguses onto the leaves that are lower down nearer the base. There's also other plants that like a decent amount of water so all your leafy crops lettuce and rockets and chards things like that corianders and spinach they are prone to going to seed bolting if they dry out so make sure that you're keeping those plants nice and moist as well if you're not having much rainwater at the moment. If you are still harvesting strawberries and of course you're still going to be harvesting courgettes and runner beans for quite a while make sure that they're getting plenty of water if you're not getting the rain that you might like and any other plants that really prefer slightly cooler conditions they're ones that are not going to want to dry out so cauliflowers cabbages anything like that one thing that's going to really help you with keeping your soil moist is mulching i'm a huge advocate of mulching your annual vegetable beds so i'm sure you've heard me talk about it before but having some mulch on the soil surface is going to dramatically decrease the amount of drying out that happens in your soil we rarely need to water our annual vegetable bed i mean very very rarely we would have to have several days without rain for me to have to go and water any of our plants once they're established because we have a nice thick layer of mulch on the top and that really does protect the soil from drying out. You can find Self-Sufficient Hub content elsewhere online in lots of other places. We have a YouTube channel, we also have our website and now there's our Facebook page and Facebook group. Links to all of these you can find in the show notes. Come check us out. Another bit of ongoing maintenance that we'll be doing through the summer is pinching out the side shoots of our tomatoes. Now, not all of our tomato plants. I've done an episode talking all about tomatoes and I've tried to explain the difference between determinate and indeterminate tomatoes. So if you have a determinate variety, you do not need to pinch those side shoots out. But on your indeterminate tomato plants, also sometimes referred to as cordon tomatoes or vine tomatoes, you're going to want to start pinching out those side shoots because that's going to encourage the plants to put all their energies into producing fruits and flowers and really 
producing more tomatoes and less foliage. So once they're at the height you want, some people say once four flower trusses have formed, but it really does depend on how big a plant you want, then you're going to want to make sure that you are pinching out those side shoots. If you're getting warm and damp weather, then another thing that you want to watch out for in your tomatoes, but more so in your potatoes, is blight. So blight is something that's going to manifest itself initially by having darker edges on the leaves and tomatoes that are grown outside are going to be more susceptible to those than those grown inside because blight is actually airborne. That's how we tend to have it arrive on our plots. So your potatoes and tomatoes that are showing sign of blight is something that you're going to want to act on pretty much straight away. That's the subject of another episode. But if you think you might be having signs of blight, then definitely make sure that you look up exactly what you need to do. We have had one case of blight and we actually got away with it. We just cut the plant straight down immediately and we harvested the potatoes and they were actually all okay. It takes a while for the blight to infest the ground it will definitely do that but we managed to save our potato crop that year and we haven't planted potato any nightshades in that area since and that was two years ago so that ground we're still leaving clear of nightshade plants for another couple of years the other job that we're going to be doing all throughout the summer and this is the best bit really I mean it's what we are what we're what we're doing it all for and that is harvesting so your your first early and second early potatoes are either ready to be dug up or will be very very soon the first earlies don't store very well so you want to plan around kind of using them and using them up in the period while you're growing all of your main crop potatoes we're probably all harvesting beans now garlic and onions could well be ready to come up. Strawberries and raspberries and all kinds of soft fruits are another big harvesting item around this time of year. So early summer to midsummer and even late summer for some of these, depending on what varieties you have. So you might want to think about netting some of these plants if you haven't already, if you're losing some of your crops to birds. Another thing that you might want to think about netting, if you haven't already done so, are your cabbages and other plants of that ilk, all your brassicas, because they're going to be prone to moths and butterflies laying their eggs there. And a big batch of cabbage white butterfly larvae are going to really do some damage to your cabbages if you're not careful. So what we tend to do is... As soon as the plants are about eight inches tall and they, they look like they've taken on and they're doing all right, they've established themselves, then we would net them. The reason we leave them this long is because I want to be able to weed around them to take away all that weed competition for as long as possible. And once I net them, I don't tend to weed them very often at all. I might weed them just once more all season once they're netted. So once they're at that size, we get some plastic tubing and we form semicircle hoops over the top of our cabbage plants and then we net them that way. What you need to do when you're doing this is 
remember that your cabbages are going to grow to quite a size and you want that net to be big enough that your cabbages aren't ever going to actually touch it because even with it netted if the pests the butterflies can get to the leaves through the net then they will lay their eggs through the net on your plants and your net won't save you so always err on the side of caution and go for a slightly bigger netting if you can than a smaller one when we're harvesting so we're, we're harvesting quite a lot now try and also bear in mind that we can still be succession planting and intercropping so there's still lots of things that we can be planting you can refer back to my episode last week or the week before for things that you can still be planting in july but there's plenty out there that we can still be planting carrots can still be going in spinach can still be going in we can also be planting radishes and lettuce all these things can still be going in so if you're succession planting you're probably already doing this but if not then think about putting some more of these crops in because you've still got time even now it's july you can now support the show directly just go to patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub you can become a patron and set up to donate to the show from any amount pledging as little as three dollars a month makes a huge difference if that's not your thing you can also support the show by sharing it with people you know or posting about it on social media we really appreciate all the help that you give us it's people like you that make this show possible talking about sowing we are now going to be looking at sowing some of our winter crops so things like winter cabbage spinach radicchio winter kale all these things now's the time we can start going putting those seeds in and bringing them on ready to get transplanted out when there's space in our beds there's lots of winter crops that we can be planting now and it's generally always a good time to plant some kind of cabbage there's lots of cabbages that you can plant now that you're going to be harvesting at the tail end of winter another thing that you can be putting in now are main crop potatoes that you're planning on harvesting in the winter so you're going to put them in now and you might find that you don't get a full cycle from the plants insofar as they might not grow quite as big as some of your other main crop plants and they might not depending on what weather we get later in the year they might not fully come to flowering and dying back in the normal fashion they might get bit by the frost but they will have produced some lovely tubers for us so we're going to be planting not even now but in about two weeks time when I've got a bed in mind already that's got potatoes in so we've already harvested our some of our charlotte potatoes our very first earlies but I've got a main crop bed that I'm going to be harvesting in a couple of weeks and I'm going to replant them with more main crop potatoes and they're going to be the potatoes that we harvest around Christmas time the next job and this is another job that we kind of do all year round but you definitely want to be focusing on it now is weeding your annual vegetable bed so we 
tend to weed out, well, I tend to weed hours uh, about once a week. And that's because I actually find it quite therapeutic. I actually am one of those very strange people that enjoys weeding. I like to start at one end and work right the way through the bed. And I don't mind doing it once a week. And it probably takes me about two hours, maybe. And it's such a lovely, satisfying feeling when you've worked your way right through from one end to the other and you look down and everything that you see growing is a plant that you have deliberately put there. And it just looks so clean and so lovely and so fresh and so vibrant when you've finished doing it. I really enjoy it. If you hate it, as most people do, then obviously the solution is little and often and to try and get in there for 15 minutes at a time every day or two. Either way is fine, but it's definitely something to keep on top of because in the summer, just like our plants are doing really well and putting on loads of growth, it's a great time for our weeds as well to really take over and if you're not careful you can end up with some of the plants that you have been trying to grow getting choked out and of course the more established these weeds become the more they're going to compete with our vegetables for the nutrients in the soil so it's quite important to keep on top of them at this time of year you can either go through just with your hands picking them out as I do but you can also and I do this as well sometimes uh, and this is particularly useful if you're mulching you can also hoe in between the beds the only reason I tend to go through by hand is because we don't tend to have a huge weed problem so it's quite easy for me to come through and actually pick out the individual plants the times when I would hoe is perhaps and that there is still on occasion this can still happen to me when you've got lots and lots and lots of little weeds popping up all over the place in between your rows then it can be far more time effective to quickly run a hoe down between the rows than it is to try and pick them all out by hand the only thing I would say about hoeing is if you can try and pick a really dry hot time to do that because the advantage of doing it when it's hot and dry is that those seedlings, those weed seedlings or weedlings, if you will, are going to dry out in the sun on the surface and they're going to be less readily rerouting and taking off again. When you hoe and the weather is damp, quite often all you actually do is increase your weeds because the weeds that you've sliced into four or five pieces maybe two or three of them are still viable and if there's enough moisture around they can reroot. one thing to remember about weeds are the reason they're weeds is because they are super prolific at setting seed they're super prolific at setting roots down they're super prolific at multiplying so we need to bear that in mind we should you know, just bear in mind that we're always going to have weeds and don't see the sight of weeds as a failure. What we need to remember is we are doing everything we can to create this perfect environment for growth. We're trying to create soil that is constantly holding the perfect amount of moisture for our plants and that is super fertile and has lots and lots of goodness and nutrients in it. So, of course, 
weeds are going to gravitate gravitate towards it if you aren't getting any weeds at all then that would probably suggest that your soil is pretty inhospitable so you'd expect to see lots and lots of weeds because we are doing everything we can to make the perfect environment for them and there's nothing wrong with that it's just a case of keeping on top of them It's really easy for you to get in touch with us. You can do it either by sending an email to selfsufficientcontact at gmail.com or by using the link in the show notes to send us a voice message. You can send us a voice message just using your phone. You could also reach out to us on Facebook where we have the Self Sufficient Hub group and the Self Sufficient Hub page. We're always thrilled to get your feedback, questions or suggestions for future topics on the show. So another thing to bear in mind is that we are really getting into the thick of harvesting season now. So we're going to be harvesting right through till September, October, November, depending on where you are and depending on what sort of produce you have. And it's only going to get heavier from here on in. We're going to be harvesting more and more. So now is definitely the time if you haven't already done so to start planning around your gluts not only your gluts but also how you're going to manage carrying produce through into the seasons when we're not going to be producing it so one way that we store our potatoes our beetroot a lot of our root vegetables is in a root cellar now we literally, we just have a bin, a dustbin, a big 60 litre bin buried in the ground. Next to that, we have an old tumble dryer buried in the ground. Now these are our root cellars and it's surprising how much we can store in there. So by careful use of those spaces, we're able to manage things like our potatoes to get us pretty much right through the year. We have a couple of other areas that we use to store things as well but making sure that you've got some space somewhere that's cool somewhere that's dry somewhere that doesn't fluctuate in temperature where you're going to be able to store a lot of your root vegetables now is the time to put a little bit of effort into planning that space out we're also going to be probably preserving by either canning or making jams or chutneys so as I mentioned before, make sure you've got enough receptacles. You're going to need those jam jars. Are you planning on drying? Are you planning on dehydrating? Are you planning on water bathing? What's your plan? Because whatever it is you're growing, chances are there's going to be a time where you're producing more than you're going to want to eat fresh. And there's nothing worse than having this produce that we've spent all this time and effort nurturing and making all these little small changes to try and increase our yields if we're not able to take advantage of that big yield so we need to be able to plan a way of not only using all these different things but also storing them for later use and if you haven't already done so now is definitely the time to do that
So that pretty much brings an end to my list of July's gardening jobs for the day. I do want to mention a couple of things before I sign off, though. The first of which being we have another live Q&A session on the Facebook group, a live video chat. So if you wanted to take part in that, then please do come along. It's going to be Saturday at 8 p.m. UK time. Just have a look on the Facebook group. Mike Copeman, as ever, is organising that for us. He is the admin there. If you've got any questions at all, if you're not sure how it works, then just pop along, leave a little message for either myself or Mike and we can help you out. But it'd be lovely to see some of you there. We had a dry run last Saturday and I was able to walk around the garden and it was really nice actually to sort of show all my produce off and show off some of our animals and what we're doing here so if that's something that interests you please do try and check in we could do this at different times so if there's a different time that suits you better then just let us know we are pretty amenable and finally i just wanted to repeat the call to arms that i voiced on the last episode and just say please 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 if you can try and find one other person to share this podcast with we are trying to grow and the best way of doing that is through you guys it's all well and good me telling people to listen but it's a completely different story if you hear from a friend that there's a podcast that you should check out so please find one person that you think would be interested and share this podcast with them i genuinely appreciate you guys you since i started doing this i mean i'm not even sure how long this has been going but not very long at all maybe four months and the reaction i've had in every way you can imagine has just exceeded my expectations i wasn't really sure if this was ever going to become a thing or if it was just going to be me shouting into dead space for you know the rest of time but the the way you guys have come on board and communicated backwards with me and helped me and every single time i've i've asked for help just the response has been absolutely unbelievable and i'm humbled by it so once again i'm asking for your help and appreciative in advance of the effort that you will put into sharing this podcast i really do appreciate it so with that i will be signing off and i will speak to you next week If you find this podcast valuable, there's several ways you can support it. The easiest of which is to rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts. You could also talk about it or share it wherever you post online, including your social media pages. And now you can support the podcast directly by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. However you support the podcast, we really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. See you soon.